Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Bruce LaFetra, the client whisperer. Bruce, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Alay. It's great to be here. It's great to have you on the show today, Bruce. And you got to tell us, what is a client whisperer? So a client whisperer is actually came from a client of mine was saying that, you know what you are? You're the client whisperer. And that comes from you know, my whole thing about thinking like your best clients. It's not about thinking about your clients or thinking, you know, liking your clients. It's getting into their head and seeing your business the way they see your firm. So getting into their head so they see your, okay, so you see the firm like they do. What are some of the things that might come out of that for a law firm? Well, big thing for law firms is that, uh, and, and lawyers aren't different than other professionals here, but the, you know, lawyers are logical thinkers. And when you're logical, you think about process, which is tasks. You think about the tasks that you do. And if you look at a lot of what lawyers talk about, they talk about the tasks that they do. The funny thing is, is that's not what clients buy. Clients are buying the impact. So they're buying what they can do because of what you do. And so think about it. It's not the contract that the lawyer drafts. It's what the client can do with that contract. If you start talking like that, it's a whole different conversation and it really connects well with the client. Cool. So I'm going to put you on the spot here right away. And I can do this because we're friends. Um, yeah. Give me an example, because that sounds like a pretty subtle distinction. So it's um, the subtle distinction in terms of how you see your firm or, or the task or task and impact. Yeah, clients. So a, a law firm looks at things in terms of the task or the work they have in front of them. Sure. And the client looks at things in terms of you know the outcome or what the work can do. I'd like to hear an example of how that sure. understanding that difference yeah. actually makes an impact in the firm. A absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll use use an example that that I know, and that was um, a firm that they actually do contracts, and they were working on a sales contract for their client, and they were thinking in terms of we are experts at drafting contracts and all this experience and the usual things that that lawyers talk about. Uh, which is how they develop good contracts and the experience. The client, when they got all done, was just thrilled beyond because they were seeing the contract as something that they could use to generate cash faster and with greater certainty of collection. And so when the firm switched from talking about how many hours it would cost them to draft this sales contract to what the client could do with that contract, Suddenly, the law firm wasn't expensive anymore. It's a, it's part of the investment in how they do business and how they generate revenue. Totally different conversation. Same work that goes on behind the scenes, but it's not what the the law firm is doing, but what the client is buying. I love that, Bruce. It, it's so true. When law firms are thinking about their services, we see this a lot with hourly firms. They think of their services in terms of the hourly rate and how much they bill per hour. And it's all about you know the hourly rate and how much we bill and how efficient we are and how good value we deliver. But a lot of those conversations can really quickly fall by the wayside if they start talking about what the impact is for the client, how much the client will make in money, how much the client will save in money, how much the client will reduce their risk. Uh, or how much peace of mind the client can get. And what are some of the things that uh, that you've seen, some of the patterns that have emerged in terms of what clients really value from law firm services? 
Well, it once again, it comes down to, uh, and I will start generically, and then we can talk about some specifics, but I always phrase it as what can the client do because of what you do? So if you're drafting a contract, what are they going to use that contract for? How does that contract advance their business? Is it reducing risk? Is it opening opportunities? Is it, in the case before, generating cash for the business faster? Um, you, there's lots of, th- if you're doing um, some sort of uh, trust in the state, you know, there's paperwork that needs to get filed and the process by which you do it is how you deliver, but the client is buying what they can do with the estate plan. It's going to be a retirement that they don't have to worry about money or they know they can achieve their goals, or maybe maybe they know they have to work harder to achieve those goals because they thought they were coasting. Yeah. Uh, those are spot on. So help the attorney entrepreneurs that are listening, connect the dots. I want to make sure that you and I get really explicit. So let's say they've made this leap and now they're looking at things and they say, you know what? Now I understand what my what my legal services do for my clients. So what? How does that help me? The, the attorney? Yeah. It, well, I'll tell you how it helps you. One is, one is that now you can zero in on what I call your best clients. Your best clients are the ones that you would clone if you could. And everyone thinks there's some sort of bell curve of good clients and, and less good clients. Um, but the, the client, your best clients are the ones that you just, you enjoy working with. They get you. They, they understand and appreciate the value. And if you start zeroing in and talking the way they think, not just abstractly, but talking about the way they think, now all of a sudden you're connected with them much better, faster, so you have a shorter sales cycle. Um, I often see you know, clients that like collapse it by like 75% because they're not talking around stuff. They're talking right to what the client cares about. The client appreciates and, and understands the impact of what the work does. So it's no longer an expense. Anything by the hour is an expense. We all try to reduce expenses. Um, an outcome or an impact is an investment. We try to increase the the impact. So we're willing to invest in that. Now that's a totally different conversation. And it's not, so you're an expert, Olay, but why does it take you five hours to do this? If you're such an expert, can't you do it faster to, oh, oh my God, that's all it's going to cost? It's, it's so funny you mentioned that because one of the things I tell my clients is, you know, I, I know we're working together for a year and believe me, I would give you this information and help you apply it in five minutes if I could, but then I'd be charging you a lot more for those five minutes. Um, but I think that's one of the benefits of this, right? Is you mentioned it reduces the sales cycle. So for attorneys, that means that it's faster and easier to sign clients. You also connect with your best clients, as you mentioned. What does that do to the fees that a law firm can charge? Well, generally it it, it increases the fees they can Charge. I have a number, and I know a lot of firms are locked into hourly rates for whatever reason, whether it's the firm or just that's the way they see the world. Uh, I've had a number of clients that have started there and have ended up doing negotiated flat fees. So not a price list, but a negotiated flat fees. They all make way more money and they spend less time selling. And the cool part is that generally they end up with more people in the firm actually selling business, which is another accelerator or multiplier because they've taken the mystery out of it. They're now talking the way the clients think. Yeah. That for me is the holy grail that that you're able to get for your clients is to get them to make that transition from the hourly rate to the flat fee, because now they're doing a lot more than, than flat fee or success fee or whatever, or whatever have you. Now they're doing value-based pricing. Now they're pricing it in terms of what the client thinks is a fair price. That's usually going to be a lot more 
than uh, than what they would do if they were billing by the hour. And it also, by the way, has tremendous implications for the culture of the firm. Imagine if attorneys weren't measured in terms of how many hours they cranked out. They were measured in terms of work product and progress towards projects. It puts a whole different lens on how the firm is operated and run and usually results in a much more profitable firm. Absolutely. And and the, and this from you, you know, your coaching standpoint, it's a better life because if you spend all your day working with your best clients, those are the projects that that energize you as opposed to the ones that that suck energy from you. I mean, there's a lot of lawyers that aren't happy with their, their life or their career, which is, you know, it's, you, you can help them, but if they can get to the point where they, they're enjoying their work, I mean, that's the thing I, the compliment I love is I'll get the managing partner that will call me six months later and say, you know, everything's great. Numbers are way up, but the best part is I love my job again. I'd gotten so dragged down managing the firm. Now that we work with just our best clients, there's a lot less management burden. And this is why I got into the business. I love this. I love this. So um, for those of people who are litigators and who are absolutely not going to go after flat fees, although there's many litigators that do, um, I love this aspect of things, of focusing on your best clients and making it fun. And one of the concerns I can hear right now, the attorney entrepreneur is thinking about is, I can't focus on my best clients. I'm going to lose a ton of business. I can't afford that. So Bruce, take me through how you deal with that when you're working with your clients. Well, let me give you an example first, and then I'll tell right. you how we work through it. So I recently, a, a couple of months ago, got a call from one of my favorite clients, and uh, they do very complex stuff, but they've they've shifted their business to only working with their best clients. Everything else they refer out. And he was calling me, and he was trying to show what a good student he'd been, and he said, well, last month, I referred out four non-best clients. So this is north of $100,000 with a business. And it's like, you know, see, I'm following. And it's like, but I know your business. Your business is up how much? He goes, okay, yeah, we're way, way up. They're making way more than they were before because one, you know, the best clients generate more revenue, but they're they're easier to sell. So they can do more of them. They're easier to manage. So they, the firm can handle more of them and they're just fun. So everyone comes to work and and you know wants to work on them. So how do you how do you you know focus on the best clients? First is to figure out who your best clients are, and you can do all sorts of math to do that, or you can go a really simple way. And I found this is I don't know ninety nine point five percent overlap, which is who would you clone if you could among your clients? And that's something everyone at the firm can agree on. Uh, whereas with the math, they'll say, well, this assumption or that assumption. It's like who would we clone if we could? And then the secret is, well, what is it that makes those clients would go nowhere else? You may look like other firms on paper. You probably do. But your best clients would go nowhere else. Why is that? Uh, and that's where the, the, the heart of my work is, is going out and talking to their clients in a, in a deep, involved conversation to really understand what it is. And it's almost always... Um, I mean, it's always something that they do because that's how they get to be good clients. It's not that it's it, it's it's you know, there's nothing there, but it's almost always something that you do that you think doesn't get noticed or isn't appreciated, but it's the right thing to do for your clients. You couldn't sleep at night if you didn't do this for them. And give me I, an example. Like think back to your clients and give me an example of one of those nuggets that you were able to pull out for a client. So one that comes out really, really frequently is um, with with lawyers is they think in terms of tasks and the process and the expertise and and the and the process flow. And 
how complex everything is. Well, the clients usually, they're hiring the attorney to not to dive into the complexity, but to be guided through it. What can I do with my business in this situation? You're the expert in figuring out all the things that have to get filed and the and the, the the flow and how we stay out of trouble. Just I need to know that I can do this. You know, it's legal and there's a way to do it, and I can pay you to, to do that. That's a huge step for people. And and oftentimes, you know, clients, I, I have one client that um one firm that did a uh, do, do very complex stuff. So not everyone's right for them, and, and certainly not a best client. And they used to do a workshop to um, to help the client figure out. And they were they were generous. They'd say, "No, this isn't right. We don't want to take your money." Now they actually charge for that workshop a lot of money. Um, the, it's far easier for them to sell it than when it was free. And everyone at the firm sells it. And the workshop is really all about you know are you are you right for this this path? These sorts of things that we do. And the prospect sometimes will say, "You know, but." We're talking to this other firm and they're experts in X, Y, and Z, and you haven't even mentioned that. And it used to be that only the master could could deal with those situations. Now, you know, even the, the, the associates look at the prospect and say, yeah, I first need to understand what you're trying to accomplish. And at this point, I don't know whether X, Y, or Z is even relevant. And at that magic moment, that prospect becomes a client because, oh, you're trying to help me figure out what I can do as opposed to figuring out what you can bill me for. That is powerful, Bruce. But, but there has to be an abundance mindset because if you think, wow, if I turn someone, if I refer someone out who's a non-best client, then what happens to my business? You have to recognize that unless you're some enormous firm that hugely saturated, you're just scraping the surface. So what does happen to your business when you start to refer out your non-best clients? Um, well, sometimes firms that you refer uh, out business to will be reciprocal. I mean, sometimes they'll say, you know, what we like is these is these nice, tidy situations. You like the complex ones. You know, we used to think you were a competitor, so we would take everything we could. But now that you send us the easy ones that we like, you know, the ones that, and we've got more business now, when the ones that are maybe a little bit out of scope for us, we're going to send to your. The other thing, and, and this is true for those you know, people that are in networking groups like Provisors, is the more you can describe explicitly what your lane is, what where your best clients are, the more referrals you get because you're not just an IP attorney, you're an IP attorney that deals with software from Asia or whatever. Um, now all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. And you think you're narrowing your, your, your business down, but you're actually expanding what you can, what you can attract. I see that with hiring sometimes where it's like, oh, now that we understand why clients hire us, we need to train the mid-level people to do this because they, but, <laughs> yeah. But but now instead of just trying to hire the best and the brightest, we realize, oh, we need people with some of these other skills. And we think we've narrowed our, our pool down. But but the cool part is that now that we've narrowed it down, we know it when we find it. Right, right. Well, Bruce, you've been really generous with your time today. Thank you so much. If people want to reach you and uh, have you help them think like their best clients, what's the best way for them to do that? So the best way to uh, to do that is to reach out to me you can do it through LinkedIn, or you can go to uh, theclientwhisper.com. Um, and that's the uh, probably the best way to do it and, and schedule time with me. I'm trying to be generous with my time. I learn something from every conversation I have, and I try to leave 
everyone else with something to think about. If something easy, they can say, oh, man, I nailed that. I've made a friend. If they say, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I, I don't know the answer to that. Then maybe we can work together and, and do something more. Awesome. Bruce, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, it's a joy. It's always a joy to talk to you. And it's great to talk to your audience as well. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.